0: Welcome back to another episode of the Force for Growth podcast. I'm Ricardo.
1: I'm Courtney. Hello. Thank you for joining us. And today we're going to be discussing one of the best subjects in personal development of all time, the book, Think and Grow Rich. What? I don't even know what to say, Ricardo. I'm going to let you start.
0: Okay, Courtney Carr.
1: <laughs> I'm excited.
0: <laughs> so, Think and Grow Rich is the classic, the granddaddy of them all. Except for As a Man Thinketh, I can't think of an older, most more influential book out there that really started the growth mo- movement. So, Think and Grow Rich and As a Man Thinketh are my two go-tos.
1: Yes. As far as, yeah. you
0: know, back in the day type of stuff, you know? And then obviously some other stuff came out, you know, later on in the 50s and 60s. But Thinking Grow Rich is a staple.
1: Yeah, I'd say this is one of those resources that hands down of everyone I look up to is a running theme. And I mean, a lot of folks credit it to their success. Like this very book, 50 years into their career, they're still reading it annually reading it often and crediting their success to it. So if you have not read it yourself, listen up. If you have, drop your feedback below or maybe just what your takeaway was from it that changed your life or just whatever's going on with it. How does it help you grow?
0: so the book starts out with um, Andrew Carnegie inviting Napoleon Hill for an interview and keeping him at his house and inviting him to go on this journey to collect the secret of success from his millionaire and successful friends of the time. Yes. So, so Napoleon Hill went on a 20-year journey interviewing the most successful people in America in at the time and not getting paid. Yeah. That's Doing the big one. Just
1: for the, the wealth of knowledge you will learn along the way. Would y'all take Correct. on that kind of commitment? You know?
0: I don't know. I can't say that I would.
1: I can't say that I would, but aren't we grateful that he
0: He did? did. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I can't say that I would. I can't say that I (laughs) won't. I don't know. I haven't been put in that situation. It really is. It's not get paid. Nothing. No expenses for travel. Nothing.
1: Full time. Full travel. Full. Yeah. Oh, so there's it's it's a wealthy book, though.
0: Yes. All right. First takeaway, Courtney, what you got?
1: Okay. So overall, I want to, uh, the title, the title, because I think a lot of us have heard it so much that we're desensitized to it. So think and grow rich. Okay. So yes, we're here for money or y- y- financial security and, you know, abundance of life. And so we can provide for our family, things like that. But it's not really about the riches of material things. And he even points that out. It's y- material, emotional, and spiritual. We're not just talking about material, even though Rich is in the title of the book, you know, but think and grow. Think and grow. Two very big words to me, and you know, you're going to need to make a commitment. It's it's not going to be immediate. You're going to need to dedicate time daily of thought to sit down and think about this for this to work. Also, you're going to have to grow through things. So I just really wanted to wrote back to the title that I realized I was desensitized from it. I was like, Oh, I'm not Mm. even like thinking of meanings whenever because I've heard it for 15 years. I've been in business, you know, so basically just realizing, okay, the title itself, like we're desensitized to the words like grow. So just a heads up, if you are Absorbing this content and going to take action with it, you're going to have to push through some stuff. You're going to have to be persistent. It's not going to be comfortable all the time. Welcome to the world of getting rich. You know, so it, and just emphasis on that it's the richness of the soul, not the richness of material things, but it's that emotional and spiritual richness too. So um, I just had to remind myself of that because I've been talking about this book for so long and just the concept of it. So I think that deserves to be reminded of all
0: of us. Solid reminder, Courtney Carr. What is your
1: biggest takeaway from this one? The
0: one of the biggest takeaways that has really stuck with me is thoughts are things. Yeah. Thoughts are things. Because I think we, before you get into your head, you think, oh, it's just a thought. There's nothing as just a thought. Mm Right? Right. Just because you have a bad thought, you have a negative thought, maybe you could be like, oh, it's just a thought. It doesn't mean anything because it's not manifesting in the real world. But the truth of the matter is that all of your thoughts manifest something positive or negative in the real world. Mm -hmm. Thoughts are things. Yeah. Thoughts are things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I really love the burn the ship's reminder. And Mm. I had forgotten this fact that. The phrase burning desire comes from this. Like if you have said or do say, oh, I have a burning desire for this. Okay. This is the origin of that meaning. Okay. So basically the idea of burn the ships, you know, and we're Tony Robbins fans. So we say it all the time, burn the boats, you know, but the story is told very well in Napoleon Hill's book about the historical and what happened. And basically this army, landed in an island and they were there to conquer the island. And the commander burnt the ships and pointed to it and told them, Hey, look, you see over there, you see that smoke of our ships. They're burning. And the only way we can get out of here is if we win. So either we will perish or we will win. And um I believe, well, they definitely did win, but I believe they were able to take their enemies' ships home. So they did have transportation <laughs> back home. But um the term burning desire. So he talks a lot about this and there's a lot of different angles. So I'm going to try to keep it quick. If you do not have a burning desire yet, keep working on that. Keep working on that. And just like Ricardo said, thoughts are things. So if you think, oh, I can just go about my next goal feeling kind of very, I don't know, mediocre feelings about it. But if you don't have that burning desire, you need to take a step back and build that bigger, build it bigger, build that hunger bigger, because that has a large role to play in you being persistent later on. And so if you do whatever it is, if it's not a burning desire yet, how can you make it a burning desire? You know, or if you have a burning desire you're sitting on, what are you doing? Come on, like get out there. So I just love that reminder that a burning desire, there's a meaning behind it. Burn the boats Love it to take the island.
0: Let me take that on. He gives six steps to turn that burning desire into reality. Six, just six steps. By the way, that's one of the things I love about Thinking Grow Rich. It actually outlines steps. Yes. It'll say one, two, three, four, five, six. So real quick, let's go through the six steps to transform a desire into reality. Are you ready, Courtney? I am ready. Are you ready, Courtney? Woo! All right, let's go. Comment below if you're ready to hear the six steps.
1: Hashtag ready.
0: Okay. Hashtag ready. Yes. <laughs> Number one, be specific. Specify the amount of money that you want specifically. He says you can't just say, well, I want plenty of money. No, you have to specify a specific amount. A specific amount. You have to specify a specific amount, whatever that amount may be. Number two, I love this one. Add value. Just to summarize it, he says, add value. What do you intend to give in return? Because there is no such thing as something for nothing. Yes. And this is like in the second chapter, guys. There is no such thing as something for nothing. Now, I will say that maybe to some people, the book is misleading because they're like, oh, well, I could just think and grow rich and I don't have to do anything. No, he says it right there. Step number two on turning that burning desire into reality. There is no such thing as something for nothing. Yes. Number three, set a definite date. Mm -hmm. You can't just say, well, I want $10,000. I'm willing to do this to add value to the world. And I'm just going to let it come whenever it chooses to. Nope. Yeah. It doesn't work.
1: Yeah. Or I'll try for, uh, you know, this date. And then when that date comes, you just like bump it. No, no, nope. like definite, definite, Set a definite date.
0: February 1st, 2022. Boom. Yes. Definite date. Boom. Yeah. Set a definite date. All right. Number four, define the plan and, and carry out your desire. Define your plan and carry out your desire. What's your plan? What's your plan to carry out your burning desire? What's your plan to add this value? What's your plan to make this happen, right? Mm -hmm. Number five, write all of this in a clear statement. You can put all this in a clear statement. Now, this shouldn't be long. This is not a long statement that's going to take three pages to write down. It should be very concise, maybe two paragraphs, if that, one paragraph. Six lines, eight lines, something that you can remember. Because step number six is read this statement twice a day, in the morning and in the evening.
1: Mm. Put thought to it.
0: And this is how ahead this book is. This is how ahead of its time this book is. He says, when you read it, see it, feel it, and hear it.
1: Hmm. did he study nlp because that sounds like he studied nlp
0: well this was way before the time
1: i'm sorry nlp stands for neurolinguistic programming uh yeah that it's just always makes me laugh when i realize humans have struggled with this long before you for hundreds of years
0: yes he says years when you read it year. read it as you see it and feel it like it's already happened right so yeah. that's those are the six steps courtney
1: yeah. Thank you for going through those.
0: What um, else you got?
1: Okay. So I have definiteness of purpose. This is a phrase that I just, I love, I hear Napoleon's voice when you say it. Go on YouTube and just type in Napoleon Hill, his voice. It's it's a very distinct voice, but um, anyway, I just love hearing him give the speeches himself. But basically a definiteness of purpose. So there is so much power in that phrase. So your purpose is so big and so large, it is the absolute foundation of the house you're trying to build. Okay. And if you don't know your purpose yet, that's okay. Nothing's wrong, but you need to keep working on it until you have definiteness of purpose. There are things that I know this about Ricardo as well. You know, there are things within me that I will not compromise on. I'm going to do this in my life. I don't care how, I care when I want to make it happen to certain times, you know, because it's real planning going on. But we had to build a definiteness of purpose. And that probably started with us going about some things in our life, not having definiteness of purpose. So AKA we quit, we failed, we, you know, oh, I'll try, AKA give yourself permission to fail before you start. You know, it's, and so that's where we are so picky on the words we use because it's all that same thing of keeping us definite on our purpose. Right. And so that's just such a big deal, but I love that phrase. And I think A lot of us have heard it thousands of times, but do you really remember what it means? And let's check in with ourselves. Like if you heard about this book or read it 10 years ago, great. What is your definiteness of purpose today? Can you state it like that? Can you just tell somebody like, Hey, here's the value I give to the world. Let's get to know each other or something like it's that confidence when you say it. And so this one means a lot to me and has a lot of meanings um, that it just transpired to a lot of different areas in my life, but man, it took me a long time to get definite, but Oh, is it worth it? And sometimes things knock us off our feet and we'll have to go back and rediscover our definiteness of purpose. And that's totally okay. Do it. You know, don't hesitate. Don't put it off. Don't. And I, that's one of my favorite phrases from the entire book. So.
0: Good one. Yes. Good one. All right. So he goes, there's a lot of material here. Like yeah. we could go probably talk about this for a couple of hours. So let's yeah. let me stick to a couple of honorable mentions. <laughs> Henry Ford, Henry Ford, the guy who invented the automobile. He's referenced a couple of times throughout this book. In one instance, they were trying to build a new engine and his engineers kept on telling him, it can't be done. It can't be done, Mr. Ford. It can't be done. And he said, I want that engine. You go figure it out. Mm-hmm. And they kept on telling him, but we can't do it. We can't do it. We can't figure out how to build this big block. We can't. He's like, yeah. you go and figure it out. You take as long as you need to, and you go figure it out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? 12 months later, they came back and they figured it out. Yeah. He was unrelenting and unwilling to take no for an answer. Boom. Boom. Mm-hmm. And then my favorite story about Henry Ford in the book is that a newspaper journalist wrote something negative about him, calling him like a, a, a less, an unintelligent person. Let's just put it lightly. Right. And saying that he has no business running one of the biggest companies in the country because he's unintelligent and he doesn't have any type of formal education. Mm-hmm. So what Henry Ford did was sue them. He sued the newspaper and they went to trial. Courtney, can you believe that they went to trial? Yeah. So while they were on trial, they put Henry Ford on the stand and they started asking him like all these trivial um, historical questions, like who's the attorney general of the United States and all these other things like that. Right. And mm-hmm. how many people died in the civil war and all of this and his, you know, just the historical facts. And he says, he stops and he said, Hey, this does not prove my intelligence this has nothing to do with building cars and that's what i do that's what i do plus i have a i have a button on my desk that i can push and i can get the answer to anything that i want to know so i don't need to know it yeah so basically what he's saying is that he surrounded him by he's he has surrounded himself by the best of the best the brightest of the brightest so he doesn't need to know everything. He's yeah. bringing in the people with the specialized knowledge. That's what the chapter is about, specialized knowledge. He's bringing these people in so he doesn't have to know everything. He can summon whoever he wants at the push of a button to get any answer to anything that he wants to know.
1: Yeah. Do what you do best and hire the rest. I have no idea who originally said that. I know I should have looked at Yes. Like that. <laughs> That's a
0: good one. Yes. And yep. then good really great comment here by Kendall, he says, so do we now. We do. We have all this knowledge at our fingertips yeah. that we can go and seek it and search it.
1: Yeah. As you were retelling that, I'm like, oh, like Google. Only he was talking about an actual call button to call his staff. Correct. But, <laughs> but, but he still, built that. He designed it. So we literally all have a staff. To ourselves. It's just called Google and the internet. But just think about that. Think about the power and resource you have that even Henry Ford didn't. Okay.
0: Mm.
1: Like, come on. You have more resources than Henry Ford had.
0: Boom. Say that again, Courtney Carr.
1: You have more resources now than Henry Ford had. Hands down. Okay. So he talks a lot about the word impossible and he just talked, remove it from your vocabulary. It should not even be in your language. And I love that. So He says specifically, there are no limitations except for those we acknowledge. Um, And then he also talks a lot about carry on despite all the opposition. So to me, I wanted to join those two to just, you know, it is not impossible unless you believe it is. If you believe it is, your brain is going to find the limitations as to why that won't work. If you tell your brain it's possible, it will keep searching indefinitely, indefinitely will keep searching for the answer until you tell it it can't happen for some reason. Right. So just pay attention in your own life where either you're caving into the opposition and telling yourself it's not possible for me, or it's not possible like this, or it's not possible. That's BS. It's not true. And just where are you accepting other people's limitations? You know, don't let the world train you on their limitations find your own. And if you're not interested to grow in a certain area, you can throw your hands up at any time and say never again, but don't tell yourself you can't. Don't like that's don't tell it's not impossible. Nothing is impossible until we discover how to do it. Right. The word itself says I'm possible. And if you haven't seen all these memes I'm referencing in a fire mode, (laughs) like they're, they're all around us. So just take the word impossible out of your vocabulary, replace it with something else. There's just Nothing you want is impossible. It's not.
0: Boom, Courtney. So, boom.
1: Boom. I'm passionate about that one. one. Man. Check out certain four, Five for Growth episode coming soon on that one.
0: For sure. For sure. I got one. He mentions Darby. I forget the guy's first name, but Darby. He is the infamous person who discovered the saying and the story that references five free from gold. Mm-hmm. So Darby wasn't an insurance agent. And he decided to go out on his own because he had a burning desire to make money. He had a burning desire, burning. You can't say burning desire. We're not saying burning desire, right? Courtney. Yeah. So he had a burning desire to make some money. So he went and decided to go mine for gold. Mine for gold. Or was it oil? I think oil. It was oil. Yeah. It was
1: oil. Yes. It was
0: oil. And so point. He, I'm just
1: like, I don't know. I love this story.
0: He wanted to go. <laughs> He went to go mine for oil, so he bought this rig, he bought the land, he bought this whole thing, he started drilling, he got some he got some oil out of the ground, and he was doing pretty good, then it dried up, then it dried up. And he kept looking and looking and moving the rig around and trying to figure out to find the oil again, and he couldn't find it. So then one day he just gave up and he called the junk man. And he sold the property and the oil rig for pennies on the dollar. The junk man decided to call someone up. He said, let me, let me call up a professional. I'm gonna call an expert. I'm going to call an expert. Someone who knows about this kind of stuff, because I don't know anything about that. So he calls the expert. And the expert surveyed the land. He looked around. He took some measurements. And he said, here's what's going on. The land shifts, and it, call, it causes what calls fault lines shift. Mm-hmm. And so when the fault lines shift, it moves the oil around underneath the earth. So he says, if you drill five feet that way, you'll find it. Mm-hmm. So they move the rig over five feet that way. They drill down, and boom, boom. -hmm. Here comes gushing the gold.
1: Yep. So on that, and it's not in the Napoleon Hill book, but we've all heard it's hardest right before we succeed, right? When did the gentleman choose to give up?
0: And how far away was
1: he? A few feet.
0: Five feet from gold.
1: Yep. Man.
0: Because he didn't. One, he didn't even go out and seek professional help.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That know-it-all personality.
0: He did it. He He thought he knew everything. Trouble. You know, he could have just spent a little bit of more money, go hire the professional. He could have found the gold. And this was like one of the richest oil mines in history at the time. Mm -hmm. But here's the good thing. When Darby heard about this, he was upset because he had to pay back all his family and relatives that gave him money to go out on this endeavor. And so he went on and he said, never again will I be five feet from gold. So he learned his lesson. And he went on to be a very successful insurance agent, selling over a million dollars worth of policies a year.
1: And y'all back then, that is that is mind blowing. So like, he,
0: he was yeah. able to pay back all the people that lent him money and was able to stock up a good, a pretty good fortune for himself.
1: Yeah. And learn a valuable lesson valuable. for all of us for all of Valuable. us. Okay. So my last one I want to touch on is, so we talked about desires and how it needs to be burning. So say it with us, burning desire.
0: Burning. Okay. Say it but with us, burning.
1: Burning. Okay. So if it's not there yet, keep going. Um, But persistence. So desire and persistence and they weaken each other or they strengthen each other. Okay. So if you don't have a burning desire and you go out and start on your journey, start on your goal, how persistent are you really going to be? Probably not that much, right? Whereas if you have a burning desire, is that going to strengthen your persistence? You betcha, right? Like, absolutely, hands down. So just know that if you're compromising on one step, you might be weakening or amplifying the next step. So the power in sitting down and meditating for a few minutes a day, you know, Napoleon Hill, back to the word think, right? This is a daily commitment to think about your goal, to visualize what you want, to take inventory of where you are at right now and where do I need to pivot? What am I doing good? What am I doing wrong? Where do I need to take it? You know, so just open up the can of worms of, that's a bad phrase to use because that's usually bad associated, but just open it up, open up your brain and sit down for just a few minutes a day and put a commitment towards your goal and put thought into it. Thoughts are things. And he also talks a lot about what is your dominant thought what, what dominates your thoughts. And I think we talk a lot about that on this podcast. So I'm not going to go through that again, but if you don't know off the top of your head, what your dominant thought is, or if you don't practice your goal, that's why it's not your dominant thought. So a few, you know, a week or two of just sitting down daily in the morning and just, okay, I'm going to breathe for a few minutes. I'm going to get into gratitude. And then I'm going to think about what I want out of my life and how I'm going to attain it. If you do that every day for two weeks, you're going to have a different life. And ex- a different emotional state hands down in the next few weeks. So it, you build and build and build on that and do that for the next few years. Just imagine where you're going to end up. So that's a big one to me. So yeah, persistence and desires. And what is your dominant thought? And you should know it like that. And if you're what you want, doesn't come dominating and doesn't come in charging like a bull. Think on it more. You need to put more time into that. You need to build it into your body
0: more your mm. subconscious. more. I love it real quick, Courtney. Our live audience doesn't let us let our live audience doesn't let anything get by. Right. They just commented it was gold. I just Googled it. (laughs) It was gold, not oil.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. because Hence
0: the name, Five Feet from Gold.
1: (laughs) Right. See, I thought anyway. Yeah.
0: It's okay. And then (laughs) Jesse's saying, y'all sound like Les Brown. Hungry.
1: Hungry. Les Brown,
0: y'all.
1: Hungry. If anyone knows Les, I'm still looking to meet him the life goal
0: I have it's all good it's all good and then Kendall says you're a great storyteller see I'm such a great storyteller that even though I had the story wrong, I still delivered
1: (laughs) yes hey that's what matters right is that we show up and just be us like y'all the the kinks will work themselves out
0: (laughs) yeah we figured it it out it's fine it's fine Kendall Um, says he
1: likes your story better though so that's oh
0: well that's nice thank (laughs) you uh, real Thank quick,
1: you,
0: another honorable mention to Napoleon Hill's son, Blair. He was born deaf and Napoleon had that burning desire for him to hear again. And it wasn't until years later when he was in college that he was able to get a hearing aid. And he made himself a small fortune by selling this hearing aid. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. you know, there's a, there's a whole story about that. And here's the thing, guys. We shared, what, about five or six, seven takeaways here? Yeah. And that's just a the tip so of the surface. More. This is like in the first three chapters.
1: Yeah. I had to eventually stop and was like, I'm just going to like note the whole book if I keep going. I
0: did too. I had to stop <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I need to go ahead and just stop. Cause I kind of went by memory on what I remembered because it was the stories that really touched me and that I remember the most.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, me too. This was a nice refresher going back through it. So if it's it been a good. decade since you've read it, or, hey, Audible exists now. So listen through it. Um, this is one of my favorite background just to turn on. and just I turned on real quiet. Hey, my subconscious pick up on it, right? But this um, just good background music. If you want more Napoleon Hill content and you have not yet read Outwitting the Devil, this came mm. out in 2013 and he made a request of his family to please not release this before he dies because it's that controversial. So I'll just leave it there. You should read it. It'll change your life too.
0: We might have to do another episode on outwitting the devil. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. And uh, thank you, Jesse. What is our audible link, Ricardo?
0: Our audible link. You can go to forceforgrowth.com, scroll down, and you'll get how many audiobooks for free? Two. Two.
1: Two. You can get both Two. of these Napoleon Hill books.
0: Yes. You can get them free on us. If you go to forceforgrowth.com, click on the audible link. Yes. Yeah. And there you go. <sighs>
1: Yeah, this was fun.
0: It was good. good. Thank, Thank you a- so much for tuning in to another episode of the Force for Growth podcast. Remember to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at
1: Force for Growth, and remember to be a force for good,
0: a force for growth, and a
1: force for greatness. Thanks, everybody.
0: My drop. Bye. <laughs> Burning Courtney. Burning. <laughs>